everybody. It's your favorite basketball podcast here again. Game time with Zach and Jamir. My name is Jamir Wilson. I'm co-hosted by Zach Wright. Today, the name of this episode will be The Offseason. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory what we're going to be talking about. So let's jump into The Offseason. Uh, we've had a lot of interesting moves go on, a lot of movement, a lot of non-movement, if that's even a term. Uh, and we've had a lot of speculation, I should say. I think that's probably been the biggest thing going on this offseason, speculation. So of all the moves or all the things that, you that might happen um what are you interested in seeing uh the most zach in terms of what might happen yes um i think the the easiest one is like the kd move because that really just dictates like i feel like a lot of the, a lot of the lull that's been happening is simply because everybody's waiting to see what happens with kevin durant because every team he goes to automatically is like a title contender whether they weren't before or they were and now they're just a bigger contender, quote unquote. Wherever he goes, definitely changes the entire landscape of the league. Like you have to ask yourself, who's going back to Brooklyn? What picks they're getting? Uh, what's going to happen with Kyrie next after that? So that really is the domino. That's like once that became a thing, that's why everything just stalled. But even with the eight in deal that finally happened, I feel like a big part of that wait was teams were trying to see what's what's up with Kevin Durant because I'm sure I'm sure every team that had a sliver of hope of getting him was like calling and asking, you know, what do you want? I feel like a big part of the holdup is definitely because of what the Jazz got for Rico Bear. At least that's what everyone's saying. But I do want to talk about that a little bit because I'm on the I'm on the team Gobert side in this argument. Yes, please. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I feel like just because of the massive deal that went down with Rudy Gobert, that's affecting why Durant's still on the Nets. Although I do respect the Nets wanting good players for one for a guy who's arguably top 15 all time, and some would say top 10, but I don't know if I'm ready to go there. <laughs> In terms of skill, like if you're just scoring ability, he's one of the greatest players ever. Definitely you add him to your team. I believe you have a good shot at winning a chip. Unless you're the 2021-22 Nets. But um yeah, I feel like we need to just why don't we just talk about the Gobert trade, given that given that that is what is at least. Oh yes, please. What's what I'm looking for? They have it's greatly influencing what's going on with the Durant trade. Mhm. Mhm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can jump right in here. All right, go ahead. The Gobert trade was another. Another reason why uh, Danny Ainge is a is a Hall of Fame, not only player but executive. Uh, he, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's been inducted as an executive yet, but he has now twice fleeced teams. You know, all all time. This is the second time he's pulled off a heist. I'd say I'd say he's done it at least three or four. The Isaiah Thomas trade was a was a fleece. 
when he got he traded Marcus Thornton and stuff for Isaiah Thomas. We can't yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But the 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 two. Well, actually, yeah, you're right. He he's pulled off the the, the Jason Tatum trade. That was he got a first. He got a first. He got he traded the first overall pick for the third overall pick and a pick the following year for you know and and was able to still take the player he was going to take with the first overall pick anyway. Uh, Yeah, he is clearly he's clearly a mastermind at this, and he's always playing chess instead of checkers. The reason why, to me, the Gobert trade holds up the the league, like it's holding the league hostage. I think it's holding the league hostage because, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, if I'm showing marks, this is where my mind goes. Not even, not even about KD being a top fifteen player all time. I don't even have to go there. We don't even have to get there. I can argue that Kevin Durant is the best player right now. Right. And even if I don't believe it wholeheartedly, I'm going to argue that. (laughs) And if I'm Sean Marks. And quite frankly, if we're being fair, we can argue that Rudy Gobert is not a top 25 player. Like, I'm I'm not saying that that's my opinion, but that is something that I can argue. Right. I can very legitimately argue that Rudy Gobert is not even a top 25 player and that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. Therefore, the package that you have to offer me has to be like the floor is a is better than what Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert's trade was for Kevin Durant. It has to be. Mm -hmm. That is why the league is going to be held hostage. I think that it's going to take at least three teams minimum to pull this deal off because I'm sure, like, I don't know exactly what the Nets are asking for right now, but I know it's got to be insurmountable. Like, I I know it has to be some astronomical deal. Some deals that, you know, you, you could never think of and like, Also, I'll put it this way. Kevin Durant is the best player of all time to ever be treated. You got to think at the point that he's at. You can argue that as well. So I need the best trade package ever given. Right. That's fair. In return. So that is why I think it's holding everybody up. And I agree with what you said uh, in terms of um, it holding everybody else hostage, like with the Kyrie situation. Um, the, like, I, I think, I personally think the Nets are going to trade him in the middle of the season, um, as opposed to the off season at this point, I think they'll get him, they'll get rid of him in the middle of the season. Um, and so on. So it's, it, it's a, it's very interesting. Like what, it, what is, what is, what was your take on that situation? Like, and I mean, not even just from the Nets and Kevin Durant perspective, but like just from the Timberwolves perspective, what, what did you think about that? Um, all right, so I'll start with the Timberwolves. I think personally they did what they had to do because reason one, nobody wants to go play in Minnesota. Why the fuck would you sign up to play Minnesota when you can go to LA, New York, Miami, whatever? 
no one in their right mind is like, I'm going to choose out of the choice of any, any of these 30 teams. Let me go choose Minnesota. No one's doing that. If they want a good player, they got to pay up. And B, the trade makes a lot of sense for their team, a lot of their issues, because they, you know, they're a little upstart team last year. They did what they had to do. They made the playoffs and lost. But they were, what they really needed was defense. And Rudy Gobert is, he is a defense unto himself. Like Utah's always been solid at defense, despite the fact that they surrounded him with like just straight up defense, just scrubs on defense. Like they really could have put me out there to defense, so it would have been decent. That's just how good Rudy Gobert is at what he does. And to put it just point blank, like people are saying, oh, they gave up too much, blah, blah, blah. But all the stuff they gave up is, doesn't equal turning that team into a championship team. They weren't winning with, with that stuff or without it. Like you can argue they're not going to win the chip with Gobert, fine, whatever. But one can argue that it's not, it's not, it is indisputable that they are better with him and the pieces that they gave up were not going to get them to this championship pinnacle that everyone is saying, everyone is claiming they gave up too much for. Like at that point, it's really whatever. Like getting Gobert does maximize what they have with Cronky Towns and Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, even though some people are like, a lot of people are debating whether or not they need to move on from him next. And if you just look at their roster now, I think they are a better team. Like sure they have a lot, but, like they got Kyle Anderson now, which is a great pickup. Bryn Forbes, who can shoot. Um, Gobert, of course. They still got Jaden McDaniels. And we all remember in the Timberwolves, Grizzlies last game, Jay McDaniels was going crazy. Like uh Pashal's an okay pickup. They got Austin Rivers. They still have a, they have a good team now. Like I feel like they'll definitely win at least 51 games. Like they're going to be better than last year. They won what? How, how much games did they win last year? What 48? I think they won like 40. I think they won like 47, 48 games. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not a, that's not a, uh, that's not a wild take. It, yeah, they're definitely winning more than 50 games at this point because the Jazz winning more than 50 games every year. Even last year, they were close. They just had, they not had a couple injuries. They probably won 50 games too. It's just, they're a better team. And I think, I think we need to respect people trying to get better. Like this um, championship or, or or tank thing is so dumb to me because what happens is you end up like the Kings who just tanking, 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 tanking. <laughs> just, just get better. Like there's nothing wrong with improving. You never know. The Raptors never tanked. They kept trying. They kept trying. And eventually they got Kawhi Leonard because the opportunity first showed itself. And then suddenly they were a championship team. Like you can't just be shitty. No one wants to go be shitty. So I respect what they did. Fuck the draft picks. Fuck Patrick Beverly. You'll be all right without him. Fuck Malik Beasley. Like, with all due respect, but as, like, in terms of pieces, like, who cares? You got one of the greatest defenders of all time. One of the greatest paint defenders of all time. Let me, let me, let me put it that way. Yes, please put it that way. <laughs> you, put a five, you put a five-out lineup out there? Oh, my Lord. Where, where, where did, where did, you know, oh, my God, what happened to Rudy? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I just think offensively is going to be interesting because, like, Cat, of course, he frustrates me because he just thinks he just just shoot threes and that's it. But when he gets in the paint, he'd be looking crazy. But Gobert is not in like a a post. He's no Hakeem Olajuwon down low, but no. he he gets the ball and he scores it at an efficient clip, and that is something that can help the offense a lot. It allows D'Angelo Russell to run pick and rolls. It allows, uh, you know, it allows them some more vertical, I guess, what's the term nerds are using now? Vertical spacing. The, basically, someone can just catch an alley-oop. 
But yeah, I think it adds it, not only defensively, it adds a efficient paint score to their offense, which is something they did not have. Yeah, Cat scores in the paint, but he likes to do other things, and that just helps him. He can space the floor. He's an, a, an elite shooter, so mm-hmm. I think it just made the team a lot better. Personally, I'm excited. To see him. Now, yeah, I, I, I respect it because because like. I, re- I agree with you. Like, I respect the move on its head for the Timberwolves because of the fact that you could very legitimately argue that they should have won that series against the, oh, the, the Grizzlies. They should have they should have beat the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies, a lot of people saying that the Grizzlies could have beaten the Warriors if Ja was healthy. Mm-hmm. So, and the Warriors just won a championship. So, to add Rudy Gobert makes perfect sense they made other good moves to actually upgrade their bench to move cat to the four because he's kind of soft that's great uh yeah and i also do like what you say about you know not you know constantly it's not good to constantly tank i i do i do like that point because the kings have been tanking since what the 90s it was like 2000s, like early 2000s. Whenever, been, whenever Chris Webber moved on after that, I was just yeah, struggle bus. They've been pretty bad since then. So I do. So I, I can agree. I, I, I respect them for trying to actually make a move that they think that, I, that, that they think puts them in a position to compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. And it does. Um, like, I will say. There were some years where people were like, oh, the Jazz might be able to win it this year. Like, that was a conversation people were having. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was stupid as shit, but it was happening. Mm-hmm. But I think it's safe to say that Rudy Gobert plus Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell and others is better than Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Wash Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovic. Oh, 100 percent This is a better this is, is a better best team Rudy Gobert has had. Absolutely. I was going, yeah, yep. This is absolutely 100 percent Not even, not even a question there. Um because if it was just Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, I'd be like, ah, eh. but you have Cat, and Cat is a supreme talent, mm-hmm. despite the the questions of heart and or defense. Uh, he, he definitely, you know, it, it'll definitely be, I think it'll definitely be a good thing. I think that situation will come down again to even with the upgrades on the bench, just how their bench will perform. And I think what Chris Finch decides to do is going to be the biggest question as to if they can truly maximize also what they, what they plan to do with the two guard spot is another question, but mm-hmm. I think they could figure that out. So again, yeah, it, it just I just it just comes down to those few things for me with that team. All right. Yeah, but but yes, that team that that trade, despite how useful it was for the 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 uh, the Timberwolves, the Jazz have clearly created a bar for Kevin Durant's you know, value that, that now, you know, you might not be even able to match mm-hmm. without destroying your team pretty much. The point of making trades is to improve your team. 
if you're trading everything that that makes your team viable for one person at that point the trade is no longer worth it i don't care how great kevin durant is if you have to give up half your roster to get him and all your draft picks what's the point because now you're getting him now you're just putting him in a situation in which he can't win a championship or if you you are able to you're one injury away from like not being able to win absolutely but honestly if i'm the nuts i'm just not trading him me neither they have a good team right now like let me look at the roster really, really fast. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I I could tell you right off the top. I know a couple of moves. They re-signed Nick Claxton. They brought right. in T.J. Warren. They made a trade for Royce O'Neal. They re-signed Patty Mills. They still have Kyrie on the roster, who has, who is locked into at least another year. That right there is a lot better. Joe Harris will right. should be coming back off. Of ben this Simmons. Year. Ben Simmons. I didn't even mention Ben Simmons. Like, yes, he's um, Cottonelle tissue soft, but. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, if you don't have the ball, just, just purely just talking about defense, he is one of the best defensive players in the league. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, can, he can legitimately guard one through five, which is something people love throwing that out, but very few players can actually do it. He is one of those few players. Yes, he is. Like, that is a good team. I would take that team. I'd give that team a shot if I was running that the show. to me, if I'm Kevin Durant, I don't know why the hell he would want to leave. Like, I mean, other than Kyrie Irving being an idiot. But I, I feel like at this good. point, this is kind of Kyrie's last chance anyway. Right. It's just like for, I think it's just a dysfunction. Like, no matter what they're no matter how we slice it, these NBA players, what they're doing is a job. And just like you and I, I don't want to work at a place that is dysfunctional as shit. Like, I don't care how um how much glitz and glamour if it's dysfunctional i'm just like i want i want something more stable where i can also succeed if that was available to me and seeing as he is kevin durant he can do what he wants go where he wants it's certainly an option to find something stable for him if he just plays the winning game well i would say at this point to be honest the brooklyn nets can stabilize themselves at this point they can you have to think about it. Right. Steve Nash has been in for a few years now. You got to get rid of him. He's yeah, he's, he's terrible, but he's been there. At least he's been there for a couple years now. Ben Simmons. This is this is the perfect situation for Ben Simmons. And again, as you said, not only is he a terrific defender, He's the, he's a, he's the quint he's a quintessential point guard. Like mm-hmm. he literally gives you what James Harden um gave you with with the exception of the scoring, but you don't need that when you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on your team. You don't need you don't need exceptional scorers outside of those two because those two are two of the most exceptional in the, in the world and of all time on offense. Right, like those two alone probably can get you Legitimately can get you 54 a game just off those two guys. The two, yes, the two of them alone can have you as a top 10, top five. No, no, no. I'd say, yeah, those two can have you as a top five offense in the league right. with the right with the right system. Or not even like just yeah, like it, it's it's crazy. And you give them somebody who can run the run the show and get the ball in their hands. And that's not even a counter. TJ Warren, who while he's not like an elite score. The dude averages, he's averaged 20 a game before. 
and, and and on top of that, like you're talking about a guy who would be he would be what the third option on the team. That's crazy. He would be right. the third scoring option. So right now, I picture a lineup of Ben Simmons at the one, Kyrie at the two, TJ at the three, KD at the four, and Claxton at the five. That's a winning team. That's, That's if 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 they all stay healthy for a full season, that's a minimum of 50 wins right there. Easily. Very easy. Minimum of 50 wins. They should win 55. Like they should be a top three seed, top two seed. They should win closer to 60. Right. But, but they're not going to do that. Happen. You lose some games. Schedule losses happen. But yeah. that's the thing. It just, and then Kevin Durant, Kyrie, they just be hurt all the time. No bullshit. And that's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. But like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, the Kyrie situation last year aside, like, put that aside, or you, you really can't. But let's act like he, even if he wasn't on the roster, like James Harden and uh, Durant, like Durant missed like a third of the season. That brother more was than the out. That brother was chilling. Right. That brother was, was out. That alone just makes it hard to win games. You're literally missing your best player for yeah. a large chunk of the season. Like at that point, you're giving up a lot of games because you, you, if Durant's injured against one of the top teams, they're probably going to lose. No <laughs> so that's just how it goes. You need your best players to beat the best teams. No bullshit. So that's just something that's that's another thing like trading for KD. It's like yeah, he's great, but just don't don't forget you're only going to get him for like 50 games. Yo, no, for real. Now, but I will say this too, but I really think Kevin Durant should just come back. Like, right, why not? Um, that team is actually really good if you think about it. Also, mm-hmm. I've realized too, like, you got to think about this. Um, even if you don't start TJ Warren, which they don't have to, you can start Royce O'Neal. And I think Except having me. Royce O'Neal and, and Ben Simmons in your lineup. Your defense is exponentially better. All and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, yeah, Kevin Durant is a good yeah. defender too. But I'm saying, like, with the additions of other good defenders, like mm-hmm. Ben Simmons being one of the best in the world, and Royce O'Neal actually being a solid defender who wouldn't have to guard the best player, he can guard maybe the third best player as opposed to guarding the number one guy. Mm-hmm. That would that would greatly work to the benefit of your defense. Sure. So, you know, like losing, yes, losing um, Bruce Brown hurt, but getting Ben Simmons and Bryce O'Neal to kind of fill up those holes is perfect. Right. Yeah, why don't we uh, touch on some of the other other teams? Let's talk about the the tampering, the Philadelphia tamperers. (laughs) Damn. I mean, I think they I liked what they did. Obviously, there's some funny business. They're probably like a second round pick. Well, like, who cares? Yeah, they lose a second round pick. I don't give a damn. But we like, we already gave up too damn too many damn first round picks and the, the right. James Harden trade and the and other trades that we've made in the past. We just give up too many first round picks. I hate I hate that we do that so often because we always yeah. draft good players in the first round. Right. Y'all the Philadelphia Rockets now, bro. <laughs> I knew this was going. I mean, well, the writing was on the wall for sure. When Daryl Morey came in the building, it was only a matter of time. The minute he got there, he was like, "I want James Harden." <laughs> just like 
<laughs> we already knew what he was trying to do. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm going to get James Harden by any means. And I'm going to follow that up with P.J. Tucker. All right. So, but if if I, yeah, if I'm going to be fair, the roster is very, I love, I love what we did in the offseason. I love the moves that we've made because I think the biggest problem that we've had in the past few years, I would say since the Jimmy Butler season, one of the biggest issues that we've had is that we don't have, like, we don't have lineups that, like, of of a complete five that can play in the final minutes on both sides of the floor. Mm -hmm. That has always plagued us like Joel Embiid. He can go. He can go in the last five minutes on both ends of the floor. James Harden can do that now. Tobias Harris. I mean, I guess so. All right. If you have enough enough players who can do it, Tobias Harris will be able to. Right. Right. And now we have guys that can play both ways like D'Anthony Melton. I love We've needed a backup point guard for so long, so mm-hmm. so 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 long. I'm so glad that we got the Anthony Mellon. That was terrific. I'm very happy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That was huge. Upgrading the bench with you know Daniel House, another guy who can play on both sides. Uh, he can space the floor, can shoot and defend. P.J. Tucker, obviously, he gives us another thing that we've been missing for a long time, heart. Yeah. So kudos to kudos to our management. Kudos to Daryl Morey. He made some really good moves. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I would have liked a Tobias Harris trade to bring in somebody better, but I don't mind Tobias Harris with this group. All right. I know we'll talk. We'll definitely talk about it later on, close to the actual season. But um, on a scale of one to ten, how how um, confident are you in the Sixers team's ability to win a championship? Not if they will win it, but their ability to do so. I give them. I give them an eight. That's good. I give them an eight. Uh, I, I think again. I would give them a, I would give them a, I would give them a nine if if I knew that. And in fact, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna bump that back one. I'm gonna bump that down to a seven. Okay. Because I think that we've solved a lot of problems, like with bringing in Melton, PJ Tucker, and Daniel House. Because now we can we can bump down four con cork mines and. Niang and Shake Milton, we can bump them down a bit. Like I don't mind Niang as much, mm-hmm. but I kind I actually I actually like our bench now for once. Like I haven't liked our bench in a long time. Um, to have who was it Melton? We might have depending on how we you know work the lineup. It could be Matisse, you know Matisse could be coming off the bench. You could have Matisse. House. Uh, Melton, huh? House is coming off that bench. Yep, House, Melton, M- Matisse, Niang, and Paul Reed. That's not a bad bench, right? You have you have um, 
eight legitimate playoff rotation dudes, and Paul Reed can become one. I think well, so. Uh, Niang, Niang, Niang might be able to play in a playoff rotation as well. Mm-hmm. Those I think so. We have eight definites. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm happy. I'm 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 really happy about that. So it, it, the problem is, and like offensively, I say we have a legitimate one, a legitimate dude who could be the best player in the championship team in Joel Embiid, top 10 player. You've got James Harden, who you could argue is the best, who's like the best second player in the league, like on, on a given team. You can argue that. The, you know, Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris are a solid three and four, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you're looking at it, of mm-hmm. who's three and who's four. And then, I don't know, if you plug in P.J. Tucker as the fifth dude, that gives us heart, defense, shooting, and then we have a bench. So I'm, I'm I actually – I love that roster. I love what that does. I think that that wins a lot of games. I think that wins you a minimum of 50 games. I think that is a top four seed minimum in the Eastern Conference as it currently stands today. And my only my only reservation, my only true reservation is Joel Embiid's health. Mm-hmm. Every year. You never, you never know when this man is going to go down or what is going to happen. Cause it's been the past two years now. Like he got hurt against the wizards a couple years ago and then had to play through an injury that he was going to need surgery for. And then this past year, he didn't, he missed two games of the heat series. So it's, it's just like, you never know. Right. And granted, what happened, last, what happened last year had nothing to do with, like, his body failing on him. Like, literally, he's got his face broken. But some people just have a propensity for unfortunate situations to occur, and he's one of those people. Yeah, it sucks. All right. Now, speaking of speaking of our teams, your okay. Celtics made a lot of good moves, too, coming off, yes. the, coming off of a, a finals berth. What, what, right. How do you feel about them? I feel great, honestly. We got Brogdon for nothing. Shout out Daniel Tice, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, got, we literally got Gallinari off waivers. Mm-hmm. Like our, we already had like a playoff rotation of like nine, ten, but we had a Gallinari and Brogdon who solved a lot of issues we had. We needed we needed more surefire shooting, which they both bring. Mm-hmm. We needed more playmaking, which Brogdon brings. Absolutely, and. We had we added we just added two dudes who've been in the playoffs plenty plenty of times. Brogdon's been on some really good teams. Gallinari's been on some really good teams. Just added two dudes who aren't gonna, you know, we don't we you can trust two dudes you can trust Absolutely. to come and get buckets. Like Brogdon's averaging average twenty per game, twenty per game for majority of his time with with the Pacers. Only issue with him is his health. Mm-hmm. But granted, he won't be having to do as much considering he's joining. A Celtics team that just made the finals. Mm-hmm. Literally, they literally added him. Like, that is what you want from trades. Like we were talking about earlier, you want to make what you have better. Mm-hmm. And th- th- that move made Boston better. 
I feel much more confident in them. Like if they had these two players against the Warriors, I'd have no doubts that they probably would have won just because oh, yeah. that double teaming and all that stuff they were doing wouldn't work out as well. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, like we're talking about in past episodes, the real, real issue was a lot of, a lot of the issues with the offense was just putrid for Boston at times. Yes. And um, Brogdon helped stabilize that. Yes, Marcus Smart was the point guard that got to the finals, but there are certain situations in which I was like, I wish somebody else was there to take that shot. Oh, yeah. And um, now, the, also, in addition, less Derek White minutes in the playoff setting because that boy was <laughs> – that man was uh, – <laughs> he had his moments, but boy, was he selling. He was selling hard. I do feel bad for Peyton Pritchard, though, because that man is probably not ever getting off the bench ever again. Oh, yeah. He, I feel so bad, but – Yeah, yeah, his playoff minutes about to go kaput. <laughs> yeah. And I really like the Gallinari edition. Um, you know, he could play the three or four. Stretches the floor, like you know, you get him the ball, he's wide open. It's like, ah, shit, you like, you know, he's gonna make it. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cash. I'm still uh, on the fence about Milwaukee being the best. It's so, so tough for me to pick between Milwaukee and Boston just because Milwaukee has Giannis, but Boston definitely, I will say, Boston beat them in the playoff series and they got much better, and Milwaukee did not get much better. Yes, there was no Middleton, but. I think Brogdon and, and Gallinari helped make up for that difference a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'm not going to get into my final prediction until, like, it's close to the season and we'll see how things go. But I'm expecting Boston to go back to the finals mm. after these moves. Mm. Like, it's a finals team that got – that filled whatever holes they had. Mm. And that's all you can ask for. Mm. That's fascinating. I think – I personally think that you're missing a team in that in that that group. What am I saying? The Nets? Hell no. Well, Six. if they if they if, if if they kept the team together and added a big, yes, you would be missing the Nets because I think the Do you Nets. Think it's the Sixers? Yes, you're missing the I respect it. seventy six out there, but I think Boston, and Milwaukee are one and two, one one or two, and Philadelphia is just the third, just because they have to prove they have to prove it. Okay, that's fine, but that's and that's fine. But but the Sixers can the Sixers can beat the Bucks. I, I feel like that matchup that matchup has never come to fruition. Mm-hmm. But I've always awaited that moment, and, I, and I, I've been very upset that we have yet to see that because I've been waiting. I've been waiting for Joel to to knock Giannis out of the playoffs for years. I feel you, and I agree. But however. Every year, somehow, some way, the Sixers shit the bed. Somehow, like they should not have lost someone. I know MB was hurt, but I feel like they had what it took to beat Miami last year. If- they did. They they absolutely did. They just fold. They folded it away. Like they they tied the series up and then just forgot. Then forgot how to play basketball. Right. And we say this every year about them. They should have beat them. They should have beat that team. Should have beat the Hawks. If Danny Green doesn't go down, I don't think they win the Hawks. I want to know. Yes, like the Hawks was, was embarrassing. Yeah, Damn, that, was, that was a mess. So, like, I can't include them until they prove that they can do what they're – like, part of the thing, to win a championship, to be a championship team, needs to do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's not just about talent. It's about being able to actually execute. And they just – one way or another, they, they don't execute. I don't know why. It's always something new, but it's, it's something. Absolutely. And – we we getting we're getting kind of west dom- or east dominant. Um, 
What team in the West do you think made the best move in the offseason or the best moves in the offseason? It's hard because a lot of teams – I mean, the obvious choice is Minnesota. They made the biggest move. But it's just hard. A lot of teams in the West in the West kind of didn't really do anything too crazy. Mm-hmm. I did like Denver getting Bruce Brown. That was a great move. That, that was, was a terrific. Great move. That was they terrific. traded and they got KCP as well. I liked what they did. That was I liked good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's pretty easy. I, I I don't know why it's even close. Actually, who you picking? The Pelicans keeping Zion Williamson. Oh yes, that's a good move. That's not like <laughs> that's the best yeah. move. That was the best move of the offseason, in my opinion. He plays with that current roster. Oh man, that's going to be sickening. You know I love what? me some Pelicans. <laughs> huh? You know I love me some Pelicans basketball, but they just been not healthy. And they got they got CJ McCollum late. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the West is going to be scary next year. Oh, oh my God. There's so many teams that's getting healthy again. Like this, the CJ, CJ, Her Jones, uh, Ingram, Zion, and Valentinus lineup. You got Trey Young. Oh, not, not Trey Young. Trey Murphy coming off yeah, the bench. A, he's tough. Devontae, Devontae Graham. Real quick, just to, like you said, we were a little East heavy. Portland, I like what they did. They got Jeremy Grant. They diversified their lineup a little bit. But uh slipping like another uh first round exit. <laughs> if that. Um, who else we got here? Clippers got John Wall. Could be interesting. Worst case scenario, he adds some more playmaking, which I don't think hurts because we just need the Clippers to just be healthy in general. But the Clippers are if they can get healthy, they will actually be a team worth watching. But again, we'll see what happens because they're just never healthy. Dallas got Christian Wood, which I liked. They added someone who can put the ball in the basket aside from Luca and Jalen Brunson, who is now gone. It'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of kind of trying to replace that third guard. Like you can't necessarily replace what Jalen Brunson did, but adding another guard would be great. Um well. Yeah. I would say with that, I mean, I think that getting Tim Hardaway back would kind of help you a lot supplement for that. That is true. You're right. So I think that that's kind of what they were, what they were wagering because, you know, you did, you had Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson and, and Doncic without Tim Hardaway. You're right. So you made- I, I, I think he, I think, I think you'd be able to supplement just fine. You made a good point. You're right. But nonetheless, aside from that, the issue of getting a center who can like play both ends would be great for them. Would terrific would be terrific. For that's them. that's ideal. Christian Wood is great offensively. Whether he whether he can play defense at a competent level on a competent team is to be seen. Absolutely. To his credit, he's only been playing with scrubs and bums, so. We'll see how he acts on a good team. Yeah. I think he should be solid, though, but he was definitely an upgrade. They didn't didn't give up much to get him. Right. Dwight Powell no longer has to start, which is um, (laughs) a godsend. Although we'll see what they decide to do. But um, he is just like the most below average center I've ever seen. Oh, my God, is he? Yeah, we talked about Minnesota already. 
Um, I want us to jump real quick to a winners and losers thing real quick. And I just want to start that by saying the Lakers are a loser of the offseason. Oh, they signed a whole bunch of a whole bunch of nothing. Lonnie Walker's cool, I guess. JTA is cool, I guess. Thomas Bryant's cool, I guess. But I feel like they, I feel like they didn't solve the issues that plague them. They just got guys. And I don't think that's I... looking like a playing team. Based on last year's results. I wouldn't say that. All right. What would you say? I wouldn't go that far. Um, Here's why. Because, I mean, well, I'll say this. As it stands, yes, they are the losers of the offseason. In the West, at least. Uh, But they, what they did do was they actually got some they 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 got younger mm-hmm. first of all second of all getting a new coach in there who and is and, and you know it wasn't necessarily Frank Vogel's fault I think Frank Vogel was just dealt a bad hand for sure and a, a tough situation you know bringing in Russell Westbrook and kind of being forced to deal with that now, I've put a lot of thought into this, and I think that to solve their problems, I think that you have a few plays, right, if you're the Lakers. Number one, and most importantly, we have to kill the notion that AD should play center. I, I, don't, I think he just needs to stick at the four because that's where he works best and that's where he's most comfortable. I think we just need to stop trying to force him to be something that he isn't. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, and plus he can't stay healthy at the four. So what make you think he's going to be healthy at the five? Right. Number Harder two, right. Number two, I think LeBron not being the point guard is idiotic. I think that when they won a championship with him playing point guard, and then he moved and stopped playing point guard for what reason? The man averaged 25 and 10 at point guard. I think like that part of that was his own personal desire to try to preserve himself to like play longer. But like, you know, as we saw push King to shove, he was like, all right, give me the ball and run in the show anyway. Yes. So I think, so I think he did say he wanted to play, play with another ball handler before. I don't remember exactly. But um, I think now he might be over that if that is the case, because clearly that shit don't work. That shit does not work, bro. He literally won a championship playing point guard. If I'm Darvin Ham, I'm telling LeBron that you are the starting point guard for the rest of your foreseeable career as a Laker, at the least. If you plan to go somewhere else and do something different, fine. But if you're going to stick in, if you're going to stay here, you're going to be the point guard. That's that that has to happen. Like Dennis Schroeder was a disaster. Russell Westbrook was a disaster. You need to play point guard. Let's just get that out the way. Um, I would kick, I would kick JTA at the three. And then I would have an open fight for the five and the two spot, which I think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think I like JTA. I just think 
that um and he feels a lot of he's a, a, a like a, a hole filling kind of player like that's like that is his role he's used to just filling up all the holes but i mean i just think they could have did better could have than what they did honestly but could they have though they didn't have any money they didn't have any they really didn't have any moves to make i mean like the nets got tj warren for the minimum why can't lakers just give them the minimum like there were certain things they could have done that other teams were able to do and i just would like to know why i think a part of that too was because and i mean like the nets for all intents and purposes are are a dumpster fire right now right but the like there's an extended level of pressure playing for the lakers especially if they're bad and lebron is there I think there's a lot of layers there. Like Kevin Durant is in Brooklyn, but the difference is the Lakers franchise is not the Lakers franchise as a name is big. Mm-hmm. And so I think that 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 has potential to be a more corrosive situation. And like what you talked about earlier in terms of comfort as a player and an occupational comfort, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be around that right. if I don't have to be. I feel that. But I think they need to stop playing around and move LeBron back to point guard because the man, the man to me got robbed of an MVP and had a terrific season. And then for whatever reason decided, I don't want to be the point guard again. That's not going to work. That's not going to cut it. I would move if, if, if you have to keep Russell Westbrook, he has to play in that Rondo role that Rondo played when they were in the bubble coming off the bench being another, you know, and, and when he's on the floor, please just give him the ball, just put the ball in his hands. If that means LeBron has to play off the ball, LeBron has to play off the ball. When he, when, when Russell's on the floor, we, we know that Russell, like, again, like we got to stop putting people, we got to stop taking people out of what they like to do and just let them do what they do. Yeah. Like, Russell without the ball in his hands is garbage. He's mediocre without the ball in his hands. Like, let's just be very honest. He's not a he is not a great defender. He was he was an okay defender at one point. He's not a he is not that at all. He's a solid rebounder, sure, for for guard. But other than that, I mean, you're not doing you not you don't have much. He like he is he is very much ineffective without the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. So he needs to have the ball in his hands as much as possible when he's on the floor, and he needs to be playing that Rondo role. All right, Rondo's if, the best player on that team, huh? Rondo was, was the third best player on that championship. Exactly. Like, so why would you? Why would people try to you know like put like have him as the backup point guard? And I think he can win six man of the year. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's not trash. He just was a terrible, terrible, terrible fit for the team he was on. Right. If you put him as the sixth man, I think he can win sixth man of the year easily. That Those, to me, are the, the quickest fixes that you can make. I think that makes them a 45-win team if AD is healthy minimum. Those three moves, making Russell the sixth man and putting the ball in his hands as much as possible, Moving LeBron back to point guard and just keeping AD at the four. That's 45 wins right there. 
I don't think that gets you far <laughs> unless they make some moves happen. Like uh, a Kyrie move would obviously be a big move, but again, you, you probably won't, we probably won't be able to surround LeBron, Kyrie, and AD with much. So that right. still doesn't win you a whole lot. That may win you closer to 50 games, but you still may not go far. And then the other move that I like, like there's a couple other moves that they're trying to make. They're talking about trying to get involved with this, this uh, Donovan Mitchell trade, which is another, I think, another big domino. Right. They're trying to they're trying to maybe snag Pat Bev, which I think that would actually be a good move for the Lakers. I agree. And um, the other move that I heard was them trying to get involved with the Pacers to get Buddy Hield and Miles Turner, which would be terrific. <laughs> Where the year three of the Lakers trying to get Buddy Hield. <laughs> <laughs> they should have got him last year. They would have got him. You could have got other players. Now you're now you're dealing with a Russell Westbrook situation who who's damn near untradeable, unless you've given up first round picks to get rid of him. Right. So that situation is a mess. The Warriors, they're still good. Who did they they brought in somebody this offseason? A good player too. They lost a couple of players. They, they lost. lost. Yeah, they lost a couple players, but they brought somebody in. I'm trying to think, they brought in Devin Chenzo, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Devin Chenzo, that's a good one. Dante Devin Chenzo, that was a good move. I think he'll fit right into what they do. One team that we forgot to mention, but they made a big move, was uh the Hawks getting Dejounte Murray. Yeah. Uh. It's weird. Seven seed, <laughs> but they're yeah, better. Like they're better. <laughs> they're better, and they didn't really give up too much, quite frankly, to get him. Like, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of jealous because we gave up an arm and a leg to get James Harden, and you know, lo and behold, if we gave, we would have probably given up Tobias Harris and a pick or two. We could have got Dejounte Murray instead. Mm-hmm. If we being realistic, yeah, but, yeah, but. Um, I don't know. Like, Trey Young is a very ball-dominant player, and DeJounte Murray is no shooter. He's not a sniper. But he's a great defender. He's going to help him in the perimeter to you know tremendously defensively. But, but I will say Trey Young can catch and shoot. The fact of the is he's on a team where – or he has been on a team where – he needs to dribble the ball because if he doesn't dribble the ball, it's going to be 30 turnovers a game. So I, I will say he's, I think he's capable of playing off ball. I think it'll mm-hmm. actually help him have efficient numbers. We were talking about him like when Steph uh, broke the three point record and stuff like that. That like he's, while he is a, he seems like a great shooter in all actuality, in terms of percentages, he is inefficient. Absolutely. But if you get him someone, if he like if DeJounte Murray is getting him the ball wide open threes, because DeJounte Murray, he gets the, he drives in and teams collapse. Like that's just how that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. You get Trey Young open looks, he might finally have an efficient three-point shooting season. Mm-hmm. So I think if um Nate McMillan can get the offense right and find that balance, because you know, we always talk about this one ball, this one ball, that, but the good teams figure it out. 
if they could find that balance, I think it will be a very good move. And Again, you, I still think yeah. seven seed, but yeah, you do bring up a great point because Trey Young did need help. I would, I would definitely, I would definitely say he he needed someone else who could create. Right. And Dejounte Murray can create, and he will also make them significantly better defensively, and, and especially in the perimeter because Clint Capella was solid. He's always been solid as a rim protector, but they they were putrid in the perimeter. So to get somebody who can defend and who can play make, who can rebound very well at the guard position and like and then everything else, um, I think that was a great move. I, I do I do like the move. Does that move them? Like does that move the goalposts for them to a whole lot? No. It just to me, what it does is they're no like I don't I don't think they're a playing team. I think they made they may be a top six team now. All right, they have the ability to be to be that. It's just the top the top of the east is just pretty good. So it's kind of hard to squeeze into that top six. Cause because like we, we mentioned three teams earlier, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the, the, the Bucks, those three teams are gonna be in the top four. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. The Heat. Even without PJ Tucker, I feel like they're going to probably wind up within the top five or six. Yeah, you got the Cavaliers, which if they can stay healthy, like they were, they were doing really well, and also Chicago, mm-hmm. who were excellent, like they were playing great, and then they fell apart because of injuries, and then Toronto. But I mean, I feel like they have the the ability to be better than Toronto now, though. I'm yeah, not going to you. But Toronto was like the fifth seed, and that but that that comes with the caveat of the Nets being like abysmal last year, right? And Chicago facing some injuries and stuff. Yeah, and like Chicago, you said, Chicago and Cleveland, right? Because Cleveland was they very much were like top four for most of the season, right? Chicago teams. and Chicago and Cleveland both were right up there, and then injuries, you know slid both of them into play playing uh situations. Chicago wasn't the playing, but they were the 60. They were close. Oh yes, 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 yes. But they were close. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Atlanta, like you said, they have the ability, but if teams get lucky breaks, which someone's always getting hurt anyway. But mm-hmm. just in terms of everybody's healthy, I don't know if Atlanta is top six. That's a, yeah, that's a that's a, that's that's the yeah, that's debatable. It, they're debated. They will. They will definitely make a play in, though. Yes, I think at a minimum they make a. They would probably be number seven or number eight. Mm-hmm. So I think I think your 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 number seven. Your you know call for number seven is pretty accurate. Mm. Mm. Anything else you want to touch on? We kind of talked about pretty much everybody worth talking about for real. For real. Mm. Uh, I really kind of just want to touch on uh, WNBA basketball, um, and playoff basketball specifically, which is coming up soon. So that's kind of all I really want to touch on. That's all I really want. I, I, I want to get. I want to get ready for that. I'm excited. All right. All right. All right. So real quick, I give you my. Lo- I gave you my loser. I guess real quick, we were talking about. I'm just not going to go into it. My winner of the offseason is Boston. Championship team. Mm-hmm. Almost had a championship. Lost by two, two games. Arguably could have won if certain things worked out mm-hmm. and they got better. Sounds mm-hmm. like winner to me. What about you? Winner and loser. Winner and loser. Winner and loser. Um, 
I'm going to say the winner of the offseason. This is a terrific question. I'm going to go with a team that we, we talked that we touched on, but we didn't really talk about too much. I think the winner of the offseason was the Denver Nuggets. Why? Uh, because one, not because of just the acquisitions they made, but the players that they're about to get back. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. Like the clip, like we could talk about that for the Clippers too, because the Clippers are essentially getting back Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because Paul George missed a great chunk of this past season and their their second playing game um, with COVID. But um, Denver getting back Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. That's a legitimate, at a minimum, 40 points of offense. At a minimum, 40 points. You're getting back. Um, and you also acquire two two-way players. One can play make, in, like Bruce Brown, he can play make. And, you know, KCP is another guy who's a champion, playoff-tested veteran uh, to go along with the group that they had that made the playoffs this year uh, with Bones Highland, Monte Morris. And I, yeah, I really like, like if if they can actually stay healthy, Denver is going to be a very serious problem Mm -hmm. this upcoming year, along with other teams that are getting healthy and gearing up to get ready to roll. Now my loser my loser, huh? It's kind of tough here. <laughs> um, a lot of teams really did well. Like a lot of teams, a lot of teams did well. You know what? I have a loser. I have I, I have a loser here. Um, my loser is the New York Knicks. They're always losers, though. And here's why Here's why the New York Knicks are losers to me. Because they didn't really make any moves that helped them. Like, I mean, Jalen Brunson, he upgrades them at the guard position significantly. Well, no, he doesn't. He, he upgrades them, but I wouldn't say it's a significant upgrade. They have made, like, they have brought in guards for the past several years that were similar. Like Derrick Rose, he could score, smaller guard. Kimball Walker could score, smaller guard. They're trying to get Donovan Mitchell, can score, smaller guard. They've had, they drafted Emmanuel quickly, can score, smaller guard. You paid this dude $100 million, and, like, you beeline to this guy. Like, this was, this was the move. Like, right. you jumped. You know, ships and like you move mountains to get this guy. Right. And you've mismanaged your guards for years. Like Tom Thibodeau has struggled with guard management for years. And I don't think that it'll be any different. Like I, I expect Jalen Brunson to be solid, but to pay the man a hundred mil a hundred million, and you know, you see what, what happened what just happened with Kimball Walker. And I mean Kimball Walker is kind of on the back end of his career. I think the Lakers should pick him up, FYI. But I just don't – 
that doesn't really move the needle too much for them. Like, I still see them as a, a play-in team at best. And even with a Donovan Mitchell move, okay, that moves you to about – that moves you to, what, the eighth or seventh best team in the East? Yeah. Okay. And you're about to give up an arm in the league for them. Right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, like, like we were talking about earlier with um, the Timberwolves. Nothing wrong with trying to get better, but the thing with the Timberwolves is what they did to get better does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And I'm worried that if the Knicks trade for Donovan Mitchell, now you have you have Jalen Brunson. You have the guy that Jalen Brunson was cooking. <laughs> and <laughs> and Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Bro, this boy's giving him like 30 a game. That is laughable. And that is crazy. Like the defense is about to be abysmal. <laughs> then you gotta back him up with Emmanuel Pickley, who who I like, and Evan Fournier, who was another defensive sieve. So yeah, Evan Fournier. And you have a defensive coach in Thibodeau. Oh god. That like, is... bro, who's making this this it's just they're just getting dudes to get dudes, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's why I think that's why I say that losers because although I said that the trade that the 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 Jazz made and like the well, the the pieces that the Jazz were able to acquire was way too much, or you could argue that it was way too much. You can see why they did that because it put them in a position where we can say okay. If you coach this team right and a couple of things go a certain way, they could actually very legitimately compete for a championship. The New York Knicks, as currently constructed, with the addition of Jalen Brunson, you could argue they might not make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Still. Again. Like we just talked about, like we just said, like, one, the, the, the Celtics. Two, the Bucks. Three, the Sixers. The Heat. Four. I'm not ranking them. Um, mm-hmm. Five, the Raptors. The Hawks. The Bulls. The Cavaliers. That's eight very solid teams. Very solid teams that can very legitimately make the playoffs. If if Brooklyn actually comes back and says, you know what? We're going to scrap all this funny business. We're not trading nobody, and we're going to play together. That's nine very tough teams that are definitely better than the New York Knicks. Yeah. At that point, they're not in the playoffs. Absolutely. <laughs> At that point, you, you could stop. Yeah, bro. And it's like, even with Donovan Mitchell, I still don't think that you're going to the playoffs. Right. I don't think so. You have to give up players that, that are on the team to get Mitchell at that point. I mean – you probably would be giving up like Emmanuel quickly or Obi Toppin or somebody, you know, yeah. players that don't matter in the grand scheme of things. But even with the best players on the Knicks, with the addition of Donovan Mitchell, you don't go to the playoffs and you're about to give up the house. They are the losers of the offseason to me. Gotcha. Word. But that's it for today's episode of Game Time. This is Zach Bragg, hosted by John Wilson. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Game Time underscore podcast, on Twitter at Game Time underscore ZNJ, as well as Facebook at Game Time with ZNJ to stay up to date on further content. To listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, all that good stuff. Can't wait to talk more basketball on Game Time.